We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another Stay Hot live stream. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spinauer and Theo Ash. Theo's shaking his head because I didn't know the USA was playing a soccer game today. You're not even checked. Tw- I mean, Theo was tweeting about it. That that I, I, I was wondering for a while. I was like, why is his like name have the the American flag in it? Like, that's not even not knowing about soccer. That's a little bit of like context clues here. He's talking about players you don't know. What did you think was? It, it could be baseball. It could be baseball. No, it could be baseball. And come. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but what a what a fucking match, man! Round of sixteen. I don't know if I've ever seen the. I think they made it there um, in like twenty ten, but I don't think they made it there in twenty fourteen, and they didn't make the World Cup at all. So, where I'm, I'm excited. Neither of my co-hosts watched this game. I'm <sighs> I'm just sick to my stomach. Oh, uh, please. I don't like soccer that much. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I don't know. That game was that game was crazy. I I had to miss the England one, so I can't talk too much because I was. Uh, see, I watched that one. I watched I, that one while the Cincinnati game wow. was going on. I watched. So, I, I, I had to miss that one though because I get, flew home from for Thanksgiving. You have to plan around it. You're not a real fan. Flight. I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't do anything okay. about it. It's okay, Theo. You're forgiven. But I forgive you. Did they make it to the group stage in 2014? Okay. I don't remember. They lost to Belgium. Yes. I remember the Tim Howard game. I thought that that was, I had it in my head that that one was, um, 
that that one was <laughs> to go to the group stage. But I guess that now that I think about it, you're right. That one was, but at any rate, it was an exciting game. I thought, um, they really, they really battled, man. There were a ton of injuries. Pulisic got hurt after I called him Tulisic, which I thought was a good joke. But then he immediately scored and made me look silly, which is honestly even more like Tua. That's even more Tua-esque than, uh, than anything else he could have done. So, yeah, I, the last I ran shot, oh, my God, when the ball, the ball, it's like the 97th minute or something, and Iran takes a shot, and it goes in between the keeper's legs, and it's just sitting there out in front of the goal for something that would eliminate us for like five seconds, and it was just out there for anyone to take. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. I know it was only 1-0, and Matt's talking, oh, it's so exciting, only 1-0. That one, <laughs> that was a crazy game. There's uh, almost two goals. That is pretty sweet. <laughs> I want they to talk almost, about that. So they almost scored twice. Cool, it has my VAR take on the. I didn't realize how much. Like, yeah, explain explain this to me. I'm I'm kind of confused as to what. So on the Stay Hot TikTok account, I made a VAR video. Okay. And I said that it's it's unnecessary, and it it goes against the spirit of the rule of offsides. And I think it has a million views because it hit like British TikTok or whatever. yeah. So offsides is when. A player is past the last line of defense. So there's there's a defender, the last one, and if he is past that guy, he is offsides. It's like hockey. Oh, n- no, because the hockey has the blue line. Okay. Yeah. Tr- yeah. Hockey has a blue line, and it's but it's like you exactly- can't. But you also can't like beat a defender there, right? Or you can't beat the puck. I, you so once the puck like goes that. past the blue line. Or, or gets cleared out of the attacking third. Everyone has to go past the blue line, and the first person to enter the blue line has to have the puck. You can't just camp out. And, so there's yeah. a set line. In soccer, that line moves with whoever the last defender is. Okay. And the reason they do this is so people cannot just camp like by the goal and just cherry-pick shots. Right? right. They can't just hang out past all the defenders and you know hope a ball gets kicked their way, and then they can score. You have to make a run. Right. That's the spirit of the rule. No camping, no setting up, no making early runs. But now with VAR, and this wasn't even a VAR decision. This was just a ref decision today. If you are even, I mean, I mean, like an inch offside, like a a kneecap offsides, like past the defender, you are, the goal is called off. Like today we had a goal called off because like someone's, knee was offsides both of his feet were in line with the last defender but just like a small sliver of him was was past him and i think that's that's kind of against the spirit of the rule i think the spirit of the rule is like don't be past i don't be past him don't make a run too early don't like you know be cherry picking goals but if you make the run and you time it up so your feet are literally in line with him and maybe you're like, because you're leaning forward a little bit, you're like slightly past him. To me, that's a good run. To me, that is not the purpose of offsides is to call something that slight. Let, call off let, let, me ask, let me ask you this. If as an edge rusher, if I time it a millisecond too early and am offsides, should that be offsides? I think, I mean... 
it depends if I think that if they time it and you time it like pretty well. And by the time you like start moving and the ball is snapped, like if you time it right as the ball is snapped, I think that you can call that a pretty good, like a good jump on the ball. And, you know, uh, but I think it's a little different in soccer just cause that, that happens a little bit more occasionally and is a little bit more momentous to the impact of the game. I think it's against the spirit. It's kind of like, there's and there's like there's calls like this in every sport, like false start in football. Does twitching like this really give anyone any kind of like I guess maybe it does because if a um a defender is watching the line, right? That's yeah, jump off sides, but or like for example, Taylor Heineke when he took a knee versus the Eagles and got hit, right? It is yes. against the letter of the law to hit a guy who gave himself up, right? You can't hit a defenseless player. But when they wrote that rule, they wrote it with like a guy walking back to the huddle in mind or a quarterback who is like slid and come to a stop. You can't like pile on top of them. They didn't write it with a guy like in the middle of the play about to get hit all of a sudden taking a knee and like within a half a second as the whistle is still blowing, you know, getting hit like that's such a bang. bang yeah, thing. but like you have to take that in cons- into consideration when no, you don't. Yes, you do. That has to, you have to have some sort of like, there has to be a line. Yeah. Right? Common sense line is what it's called. If, if someone is giving themselves up and you hit them like within, like literally it's not a situation where someone normally slides. He's literally scrambling. And then you like fall to the ground and like half a second later, like in the heat of the moment, some like he gets touched or hit. That's common sense. That's not what the rule was there for. It's not there to protect guys who are about to get hit all of a sudden give themselves up and like are going to try to bait a foul. That's not the, that's, that's not what they made. Do you think you, do you think Heineke was trying to bait a penalty? Mm -hmm. He he flopped. He got hit and he, he flopped. He didn't flop. He took a knee and he got hit. That's a penalty. No, it's not. Dude. No, it is not. No, it is not. It is a bad call. It is not the letter of like, yes, Yes, it in the rule book you can like read into it that way, but obviously, like use even a shred of common sense, and you will know that that is not the point of of that rule. It's not to protect guys who are <laughs> flopping and and taking a knee right before they get hit. It is so guys don't get hit when they're defenseless. That is the point of the rule, and I feel the same way about offsides, where it's like if you're making if it's this like you just don't need to call stuff that it's not meant for like shoulders and knees it's meant for when you know you make the run like way too early that's what it's meant for but it gets so it gets so um granular that it it really just kind of disrupts the flow of the game and i think goes against the spirit of what the the rule was intended intended to do and uh yeah that's that's where i'm at maybe i don't know i All right. I don't know. It's uh, it can definitely be a, a tough call to kind of read, but I, I guess the the big thing is like in the NFL they're not doing. They don't review penalties in the NFL. That's the other thing is I I don't like reviewing. And penalties. that's I think that's kind of what you were getting at more. Like I can get the bang bang stuff, right? And I think that can be that can be a debate that kind of goes back and forth. But I think the idea of like. They tried reviewing pass interference in the NFL. Realized that that was a terrible idea. Yeah, reviewing penalties (laughs) in general is just... Reviews are just bad, I think. Like, 
obviously well, it, there's some you, stuff you, you want to get like challenges I get touchdowns it. yeah and like, yeah touchdowns i get it goals i get it like handballs i get it but like i don't know for some offsides that are like so close man there's been offsides that have been called off that are like you know it's an exciting moment and then it's just so anticlimactic to see it taken away because of uh you know someone's kneecap was like barely off it's it's just like stuff like that is it's just so granular i just don't think it was ever meant to be that granular i think that like it's okay to let some stuff slide and we don't need to like ruin moments by like i mean how many classic moments in in soccer history like maybe were you know uh, a half an inch offside like it just well, like, then it would be a classic it. moment. It would be a classic it, moment for someone else. Like, <laughs> it's not though. It's not the. It's it's not the spirit of the of the rule. I think. I, I think. But um, obviously, getting calls wrong is also bad, and that's kind of the, the um, <laughs> the battle is like. Well, if it's right, it's right. But I think like the spirit. I I just don't think it's in line with the kind of the spirit of the rule, but. Matt, people are complimenting your lighting right now, saying uh, you're. Oh, it's it's too bright. I'm a little overexposed, but you know, you make it work. He's he's glowing. I don't. My Wi-Fi just went out. Spectrum, some of you text me. Oh, the the comments are saying that um, the Heineke thing is an L. No, I prompt. This one is just not an L. It is that really frustrates me because literally, if you go back and watch that play, the whistle is still blowing when. Graham like makes that hit, which isn't even really like a bad hit. It's something that every NFL quarterback takes multiple times a game. It was nothing egregious. A game should never end on something that ticky tack, totally anticlimactic and, and not in the spirit of the rule, like just less recent ref involvement and less reviews is just, I'm, I'm always in favor of it. And yeah, there's just no, yeah. 85% of roughing the passer is bullshit. Yeah, if it's not like, more, I'll, it's a terrible rule. It really, and, and the number of drives that get overturned because of it is completely ridiculous. I don't care. I don't care if they took one step. It's for like players intentionally trying to hit the quarterback over, like trying to make a play. And people vastly overestimate in slow mo right. how much of a chance they have to, to right. stop themselves. Slow mo, yes, exactly. slow mo has ruined a lot. <laughs> slow mo has done so much regression for sports. <laughs> they do. There <laughs> does need to be less slow motion replay. Sometimes I think. Um, like, especially with kind of catch fumbles when people like determine, oh my like they catch it and then they get hit immediately and then they fumble and then they'll slow it down to like one one hundredth of actual speed. And they're like, well, actually right here in this moment, he had possession. And then if you watch it in full speed, it's like pretty clear, it like hit him in the chest and then he like got rocked immediately and fumbled or, or some yeah. of the possession stuff. I feel like watching in real time gives you a better idea of what actually is possible and not. And sometimes I think like, Watching something in full motion and in full speed kind of gives you kind of an impressive, it makes, seeing something at full speed is impressive because it kind of shows you just how quick the catch was, how quick the read was, how quick, like just the the speed of the play is sometimes impressive. And that's why like some alternate angles of like some fan cam will go viral like the next day because it's never in slow motion. It's like, well, there it is in real time. I do think yeah. like real time replays are are kind of on slow motion be kind of uh, overused sometimes and yeah with penalties and it it really especially anything where it's like 
well, would he have had time to slow up? Would he have time? That should always be viewed in real time and not slow motion because that helps you helps give some some context of of how much time there actually was. Why are people saying I did it? I saved Bladen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Yes. Bladen name one football play, footballer. Do you know anyone on the men's national team? Who's the guy that scored today? Was it uh Polisic? Is there that his go. name? Okay. okay. I don't know his first name, but there we go. I heard about him as we were as I was joining this call. Um so who do we play now? Hmm? We play the Netherlands. Um oh, we'll beat them. Oh, that's where I always that's <laughs> where tiny. I always connect for my uh <laughs> For my VPN is Netherlands. <laughs> the Netherlands. I don't know that. I mean, I don't. I watched one Netherlands game. Uh, their opening group stage game. They've got D, uh, Frankie De Jong is his name, and he's a uh, he sucks. <laughs> he's ass. Yeah, <laughs> the worst player, most overrated player ever, and uh, sadly will will be defeated by um, the greatness of the United States of America. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my whole soccer and VAR and offsides rant. But yeah, okay. yeah, I, I I can understand, but I can it I can see how controversial that can be. I don't know if I have a a hard opinion on it right now as far as the the replay thing. I can get like that's that's definitely like I don't I don't I don't know if I agree with that being in. But anywho. Uh, did you guys watch the, the the Colts and Steelers play last night? <laughs> I watched some of it. I watched like the first half, and then I was bored. I was watching two, basketball. I watched two horrifically mid teams battle it out for being who's the most horrifically mid team in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah I mean, that's more that was more boring than the soccer game. I'll say that, but um. Yeah, I thought I th- kind of thought my takeaway is Pickett looked all right again. I think he's looked kind of okay in a in a couple games now, and I don't know about him. I I think that I think that he's got, kind of got a high ish floor. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't think that he's going to suck. I don't think he's going to be like a total failure um, at this point. I think he does a decent job keeping his eyes downfield. He's got some rushing ability. He's thrown some picks, but um, he it's hasn't had a name. lot of turnover-worthy plays. It's just they've all gotten caught. It was a, a stat I saw yesterday. So I think with him, like he made an amazing throw to Pickens in the last game, like an absolute seed um, up the sideline. He's got like I don't think he has a crazy arm or anything, but he's he's always kind of discount Burrow to me slash maybe like Gucci Heineke is like Gucci. he he lives in that world where he's like. Difference is Heineke's a winner, you know. <laughs> Heineke is a winner. Heineke is a winner. But I think maybe there's a world where Pickett. The thing is, like, the only thing with him is like the supporting cast is all. I mean, Matt Canada stinks. So like, and he's he's predictable, and, and his play calling is always a little, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's a lot of motion that doesn't really do anything. Like motion. Okay, what was the purpose of that? Like now you're just yeah kind of overcomplicating things and it's not actually like helping it's it's like it's like someone tried to draw the shanahan offense from memory is kind of like (laughs) they're doing over there um when you try to memorize the practice test instead of actually learning the material right (laughs) weapons are all right and um 
the offensive line is maybe even a little better than I thought. So it's like, well, when is he going to play with, you know, what do you, they need a better offensive line. They need a better OC, but like, what's the ceiling really with him? Cause he doesn't have a crazy arm, but um, I don't know. He can be, he can be fine. I think, I think he could be fine. So I don't know. That's not like really a glowing um, review of him, but I know some question is like, Oh, if the Steelers get a really high draft pick, do you take, a quarterback and I think in this class I'm feeling pretty good that the answer is no right now and you you stick around with Pickett for for a while and see if you can build something around him that um on a uh, with a quarterback on a rookie deal maybe he's not great but can he be you know can he be Tua can he be Jimmy G can he be you know something some sort of like give you a little bit of rushing ability and um yeah you don't draft a quarterback you see what you can build around him because you can you can win some games with a quarterback of, of Kenny Pickett's caliber, and I think that's what they should be looking to do. That's kind of where I'm at with them. I don't know if you yeah. guys oh, got something, Matt. Or... No, I was just agreeing. I think people have become too low on Will Levis. I think so, too. I, I think so, too. Like, he's he's not horrible. Like, he's talented, man. There's a... There's a play against Illinois State or something, which, you know, you might be like, oh, Illinois State. We're like off of his back foot. He threw it like 75 yards to like the opposite corner of the end zone. And he can sling it, man. Yeah. I mean, he's tough and he has some, you know, some mobility. He's not like a, a mobile quarterback, but he's not a complete statue back there. I don't know. He's he's a talented guy and and, and pretty pretty tough player and he operated a, a pretty pro-ish type of offense so you know I, th- I think that he's someone that um i haven't watched him a ton obviously we've talked to him seems like you know pretty decent guy so yeah i don't know not that not that being a decent guy makes you a great nfl player but yeah but it helps for like locker room chemistry <laughs> right and, you know speaking of locker room and quarterbacks and teams that might need a quarterback uh, I was seeing Richard Sherman talk about the Jets and Zach Wilson and Mike White. And he was saying that he thinks Mike White's their guy. Like Mike White is the franchise quarterback there in New York. And that if Mike White had the same label of Zach Wilson, the same story of second overall pick, and he's playing really well, they would say, well, they just got their franchise quarterback. But because Zach Wilson is the guy that's supposed to have potential then he's been getting all of like, oh, well, he saw his potential and, and they'll bring him back. And Mike White's just like the, a guy and he's playing fine now, but he's not actually supposed. And it's just like a label thing. And I wonder, I wonder what, what, what do you, I wonder where you guys take on that is. I don't know if, I don't know how I feel about that. I haven't watched Mike White's performance yet. Well, he can run an offense, all right, but a franchise quarterback is a pretty high label to put on him. I mean, he's played well a couple different times before. He had, you know, a couple good performances last year where, uh, he had what like five touchdowns versus Cincinnati, and I remember reviewing yeah. that one and thinking he he plays real fast. Like he may not be the fastest guy, but he he gets through reads pretty fast, and he reacts to open guys pretty fast. So he's very yeah. much someone who once he once he finds someone open, he has really good reaction time and can get it to him. And that's all they need right now, right? That's all they need. They need their defense is great. Their skill position players, Garrett Wilson had another 100-yard, like, two-touchdown game now that Zach Wilson isn't terrorizing the offense. Like, they've got, I think, a, a, a potential superstar wide receiver. They've got um, 
their running game is is pretty beat up right now, but so maybe it's and the offensive line isn't great. So maybe he's not even working with like a great like offensive structure here. Obviously, you know, Elijah Moore and, and Garrett Wilson are talented, but you know, to put up the numbers he put up and but the Bears defense reeks. It absolutely reeks. Jaquan Brisker was not playing. Um and uh what's his name? Um the second round pick out of Washington, Kyler Gordon was not playing. So we got to see it against, <laughs> I got to see it a little right. bit longer. I could definitely see a world where he remains efficient. Um, cause he's, he's had multiple good performances now, but yeah, the bears de- like yeah, I mean, name five players on the bears defense right now. It's right. Like Jack let's, Sanborn. Last year, nice- last year, Mike white played in four games against the bills. He went, Oh, he went 24 for 44, Zero touchdowns, four picks. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's really that's really bad. Uh, against the Colts, seven for eleven, one touchdown, no picks. But that's like eleven throws. Like, what kind of sample size is that? Well, the the, the Bengals gave eleven throws. Yeah, you know, the Bengals game is the the really is the good one. He he did have thirty seven for forty five. 400 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. So, like, that's a good game. And we can, yeah, we need to, like, yeah, he's had some stinkers. That's, but like, you, you need, you need, <laughs> so he's had two good games against the Bengals last year and the Bears this year. You realize how much I don't, I'm thinking about this because if they believed in Zach Wilson at all, like at all, they start him in this game, even with the disaster class, because. Yeah. If you need a guy to start building up some confidence and stringing some games together, play him against this defense, right? <laughs> like, that's the game to do it. Like, like they, they have no edge rushers. They've got, like, Justin Jones is their team captain, and he was one of the one of the guys on the Chargers, like, front seven last year that gave up, like, a historically bad, like, rushing rushing defense. And he he's a captain now. He's a captain one of the worst players on the Chargers last year is a captain on this defense. You got Jack Sanborn might be their best defensive player right now. He's in like an undrafted rookie. You've got, I, I, if you thought he could turn it around, you would play him in this game. Right. And all of a sudden you would probably be fine too. Like Zach Wilson has had fine performances when you like force him to just throw it 16 times into the flat. And then he has like a, like a 10 for 16 for, 150 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks game, you know, and people would be like, well, you know, just against non-Belichick defenses, he's all right. Like, but they just don't trust him at all. If you're not going to play him against this defense, like when are you going to play him again? Week one next year, I guess. If that, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. People are... You got him, Matt. Uh, people are talking about next year's quarterback draft class. Are we not worried a little bit that we're doing what we did last year with this year's class? Or no? Are we like, this is the second year in a row that we've been doing. Oh, next year's class is actually perfect. Then we get to it. And it's like, actually there's one guy and he has flaws. And Well, everybody- I think, I, I think that this year's draft class does have three first rounders in it. At least um, I think Stroud and, and young and Levis are all pretty much locked to go in the first round which I don't think you could say for, I mean, as much as like Young and Stroud are easily better than anyone I saw last year. Like Malik Willis was getting hyped for a top five that's, pick. But that's and, that's not what I'm talking about. The draft class was like, well, it's better than last year's. Well, yeah, the, last year's was one of the worst quarterback draft classes we've seen in a long time. 
Right. It's that this draft class is supposed to be like otherworldly. Like there's several guys who are going to go like, there's going to be like maybe one guy drafted in the top five. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, do you mean like next year's draft, class, like the Caleb Williams class? Caleb Williams. And- yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see that. I, I think it would take a lot for Caleb Williams to not be the number one overall pick and, and more highly regarded than these guys. I think you can just see like, he's got a lot of the creativity and, and that the Bryce Young's d- does, but with more arm strength and he's bigger, right? He's built better. And you can maybe say, well, he's not as accurate as Bryce Young. There might be some holes to pick there. You might say, you know, if you play like Mahomes, but you know, you're only 70% of Mahomes, like where does, where does that leave you? And you might say, oh, he's a Lincoln Riley merchant. You might say he's had all day and he has Jordan Addison. Like, I think these are all holes that are going to get poked in Caleb Williams game, but still, I do think it would take a lot to change for him to be reviewed, regarded as a worse prospect than either of the top two guys in this class or top three if, if Levis ends up going pretty high. So I think with – I don't know about Ewers. I don't know about Rattler if he goes out or you know whoever else. But I do think that Caleb Williams, you know, yes, there will be more holes poked in his game as we get closer to the draft class. But – I, I I can't imagine he's he's not going to be pretty damn highly regarded. <laughs> and really, like Bryce Young, I mean, I don't think that he, the narrative on him is all too different than it was at the end of last year, is it? I'm I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is not going to be great. Right. I'm saying that people are coming up with this huge list of quarterback names, and it's like, dude, yours has not been good this year. Yours has, has and I like yours. He struggled. Drake May, I watched him. I'm uninterested at the moment. You know, just someone said JJ McCarthy in the chat. What are we talking about? <laughs> this is this is we don't have to really evaluate them right now. Stuff. I I, I just think that <clears throat> Caleb Williams is awesome, but right. this is like let's let's at least see next year before we start calling every you know next year's quarterback draft class legendary. You know. Yeah. I, I think that we got to, yeah, definitely got to cool it a little bit on on that. But Caleb Williams is him, so I, I get the excitement. I do. But I don't know about Drake May. I haven't, I haven't seen it. So people did the same thing with Howell. Yeah, everyone was really excited about Sam Howell. Everyone yeah. loved him until... Everyone loved Howell. Who were... It was Howell? It was Howell and Rattler. Yeah, it was Howell and Rattler. And then I started pushing Corral... And then as we got closer, everyone's like, actually, all of these guys stink. <laughs> yeah. Howell was a really interesting fall because Howell was legit a first round. He went in the fifth round, man. And I don't even blame him because I was not impressed with his. He legitimately is just like looks like Baker out there. He just <laughs> like he throws a it's nice. Like we, I've seen this before. <laughs> he throws a nice nine ball. Like I think go routes are the number one tricker. Like. Go routes trick people more than like any other throw in football is like, you know, a, a nice nine ball is a beautiful throw and a high impact throw, but right. really arm strength comes down to and anticipation and accuracy. A lot of times come from throws in between the numbers, right? If you th- throw it out in front of someone on a go ball, it's probably either going to fall incomplete or, you know, it's going to be a great catch if you throw it right. But there's a lot more that can go wrong and it takes a lot more guts and it takes a lot more kind of understanding of of 
faced throw it over the middle. And I think Howell didn't show any of that, but since he hit a few nice like go balls, um, everyone got everyone really got tricked. But then he ended up going in the fifth round. So yeah, obviously the league didn't get tricked. So yeah. He played all right in the preseason, though. I remember it was he was like fine in the preseason. Corral looked all right in practice. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, looks, he looks all right in practice clips that the social media team releases. Right. I mean, he went it's one for matters. nine in the in the preseason. Right? Yeah, preseason schmee season. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Jordan Love is better than most QBs in this class. Uh, oh think, yeah. What What were your thoughts on on Jordan Love? Played well. I mean, he played well. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Jordan Love fan. Um, I I think I kind of doubt that he's going to be a uh, you know everything he was built to be. But that was definitely kind of eye opening and and strides better than the last time we saw him when Aaron missed that game with COVID last year against the Chiefs. Uh, he had a really crazy hole shot to the running back Aaron Jones that got dropped. Um, and there was a play where he threw it across his body to Randall Cobb that got broken up, and that could have been defensive pass interference. He, he's just got a lot of zip. He's got a ton of zip with the ball leaving his hands. And as I said, I mean, he has a chance to – I think he has an arm that's pretty up there with, like, anyone. Like, you can say the top three are Allen and Herbert and Mahomes – Right. Like after that, love is love's arm talent, like just the raw power that he's got is is I mean, it's probably above anyone else other than those three. Like maybe you could put Wentz up there in terms of raw p- throat, like arm strength, but like I think you really saw the ball leave his hands with a lot of zip and made some really impressive accurate throws. And you know, not, obviously not a huge sample size, but it was encouraging. That's I was encouraging. Encouraging is always a good thing. Yeah. At the very least, I, would, I mean, I'd like to see him. I think the ideal situation for the Packers would be like just being like, Aaron, you're hurt. Sit down. You know, I think that would be the most logical way to resolve this is like, let's see what we have in love. Aaron, just you're hurt. Your thumb is broken. I don't know what the hell happened to his ribs in the Eagles game, but he was hurt then. Just sit the fuck down and let's see what like you're not getting benched. You're just. You just don't have it because your thumb is broken. Like, let's sit down and evaluate what we have in love. If you could just like say that to him and he would accept it, that would be the the easiest thing to do. <laughs> I think the okay. most simple solution. And if he retires, he retires. And if he comes back healthy next year, he comes back healthy and hopefully with a little bit more help in the receiving core. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. But um, he's he's playing. He's playing against the Bears, and it'll probably look awesome because the Bears defense stinks and he owns Chicago. Like like i've said so he'll probably he does, look fine but he does own them and he has made that very clear yes yes what else has happened what other things have been going on um, matt the weather's been pretty nice have you gotten to go golfing recently i did go golf today I saw the hey there i didn't play go. all that great unfortunately but i haven't been in a while i started to turn up a little bit towards the end yeah Got to get back into the swing of things, literally. Right. <laughs> I was looking at some cornerback stats um, today because I'm doing a video on, on Jalen Ramsey, and I I, Ooh. I saw a J.C. Horn statistic that I think might be uh, worth mentioning since we talked about it and, and how he was doing on the um, show uh, a couple days ago. Uh, the 
there's a stat just called like positive rate, which is just when they're targeted and how often does it re- result in a, a positive play basically for, for the, the offense for the offense. So okay. you, a lower number is lower, better. Yeah. Okay. A lower number is better. Um, let's see if I can get it pulled up right here. I think horn is like fourth in that statistic right now. Something like he's horn. better than certain. I think he does rank positive. He's it's a at number one who tore his ACL. He's yeah. at twenty six percent. James Bradbury is number two. <laughs> I kind of buy that he's had a pretty good year. And then JC Horn is number three. He's number three. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Sertan is top ten uh, there. So you know maybe if he is drawn harder matchups or whatever it is or plays more man coverage, you could argue Sertan's had the more successful season. Tyson Campbell is really underrated. He's up there in the top ten. Uh, Ahmad Gardner is number eight. Uh, so obviously that is good. Um, other guys like Asante Samuel Jr. And, and Marshawn Lattimore are also in the top 15. Slay is at 18. Marlon Humphrey is is at 20. So so definitely some big names up there and, and it kind of checks out with the eye test um, yeah. for a lot of these guys. But um, yeah, just giving you some J.C. Horn prop and also <laughs> Ahmad Gardner prop there. If you had to redraft... Last year's draft right now, Gardner number one. Would be the number one overall pick? Yep. I think that's probably true. I mean, I'd probably rather have him than um definitely rather have him than Hutchinson. Probably rather have him than Trayvon Walker, who's the who would be the offensive player of the year. Pierce right now. Like maybe you take Olave or Garrett Wilson, but yeah, I yeah. think that, that Gardner probably would go number one. Yeah. Wouldn't he? We'll look back in a where couple does, years. Where does Stingley? Partner. Where does Stingley rank in that? Who cares? He stinks. Uh, <laughs> Stingley. Him going over Gardner makes me so mad. I can't believe it. It was gonna happen. Like you. I was overthinking. Let's see. He is number thirty. So that's not a bad mark for him at all. Um. Yeah, he's number thirty. Okay. Out of like 116 qualifying guys. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's 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 pretty good mark for him as well. You know who's dead last? Who? C.J. Henderson. Yeah, he sucks. I've been <laughs> saying he sucks forever. I can't <laughs> believe they traded a third round pick for him. If a, if a team is trading a guy that they drafted in the first round, they're not good. Yeah, yeah. It's really that easy. It's really that simple. You're right. Yeah. Um, Eric Stokes is 140. He's the third worst. Any Browns guys near the bottom or near the top? Um, Greg Newsom is near the bottom. Yeah, he hasn't looked good this year. I buy that. And Denzel Ward is also near the bottom. To be honest, Denzel's weird because he'll every once in a while he'll be like good in coverage. Um, but then a lot of times it's mostly just like he makes a big hit and he feels in the, he'll feel the run game really well. Um, but I, I'd say overall, like He's, I've kind of yeah. turned the corner on trading him. Um, I'm you're like, not getting a top three pick for him. I fear. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can trade Kareem though. I'm still on that trade Kareem hunt. Where is Dante Jackson? He, Let's see if I can find done, him. Right? He, he has no more contract. Yeah. Dante well, that's Jackson's... The, well, wait, that's, no, yeah, it mind. was too late, so... No. Dante Jackson him at the is deadline, but... on this list. 
Oh, I'm scrolling. I haven't seen him yet. That's good. <laughs> scrolling back to the top, him. you mean? <laughs> he is 62. Okay. So nice. Kind of in the middle. He's kind of in the middle, which is maybe better than I thought he would be, but definitely in like mid. Yeah. Oh, well. Don't spoil the Ramsey video too much. We'll, we'll Ramsey is, he's like, I don't know. He's uh, definitely lower than you would like to see Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, not as good as JC Horn. Not as good as Pat Sertan. I'm, I'm about to. I'm about to tweet after this is done. Some of the most egregious J.C. Horn propaganda. <laughs> Just start naming big name cornerbacks. I'll say he's better than. He's the best. You just have to say he's the best in the league. Him and yeah. him and Ahmad Gardner. Those are your top two. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be too far off. They're both very good. They are. Um, but yes, he's. he's Maybe I'll tweet that now. Uh, let, me get, let me sit up towards my computer real quick. Let's. <laughs> That's Matt over here, like, uh, like when you're playing a video game. It's like time to get. He's like, all right, let me sit up. <laughs> I should be pushing more Tyson Campbell agendas, though. He's a really good player on the Jaguars. So, yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty incredible. AJ Terrell started to regain form since his Week One to Two struggles. Yeah, I mean, he's not really high on this uh, this list. AJ Terrell's not very high on the success rate list, but I maintain that he has been in good position a lot of the time and just gets like dunked on by an amazing catch. Like that has happened so many times this season where I'm like, that is good coverage and the wide receiver just caught it anyway. So yeah. I, I still trust him in 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 again in big matchups and I still like think he's one of the better corners, but he does not rank Super highly in any kind of stats this year. When someone someone was saying Josh Jacobs needs to be considered an offensive player of the year discussions. He's not Tyreek. He's not Tyreek, and he's not Chubb either. Like I don't well, think that he's been better than Chubb this season. Maybe. How many yards is? Does he have more yards? He does now. Oh well. Oh. Josh Jacobs leads was- the league in rushing yards. He has nine touchdowns. And he has 5.4 yards per attempt, which is also more than Chubb. So he's better than Chubb now. <laughs> the only, the only run, the only like, I'm trying, the only runners with more yards per carry in like the top 15 yardage wise. He also has is, more EPA per play than Chubb with a worse offensive line. So yeah. maybe he is better than Chubb this season, actually. I still think Chubb's the better player, but Yeah, I agree. But like yeah, it's like ETN has ETN has five point five yards per attempt. He messed up his foot again, didn't he? Did he? He did. Okay. Common Clemson L. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields both have 6.8 yards per attempt, but they're quarterbacks. You kind of expect that. Pollard's 5.6, but then it's Jacobs, and he leads the league in rushing at 5.4 yards per attempt and 105.4 yards per game. And he's only fumbled one time. Not uh, Sorry, dude. Running back wins. They're hard against him. He's 4-7. and seven. <laughs> Uh, that Tyreek, yeah, Tyreek is probably the. We'll off see. Of the play what did Tyreek do against the Texans? I didn't hear much. So he had like eighty-five yards, I think. Did he? All right. Well, that's pretty good. Well, I still I'm think Tyreek Hill. I think that he, yeah, he he completely 
six catches, 85 yards, no touchdowns. Yeah, that's not nothing at all. But yeah, I would still probably lean Tyreek. I think that like he's kind of MVP skill position player at the moment. Um, I don't, bro. Justin Jefferson is right on his heels. Jefferson's up there too. It's a race. I think it is a race, but I would still probably lean Hill. I'd probably still Tyreek has one more yard. Tyreek better. Tyreek, well, but Jefferson has one more touchdown, and touchdowns are worth more than yards. (laughs) How many? How many yards is a touchdown? Whoever has the most fantasy points, I say. Well, that would probably be. It would probably be Jefferson. Well, Tyreek does have six downs. Tyreek has six more catches. So he's got him by point one points right now. <laughs> and, you know, there you go. That's that's the guy. <laughs> Whoever's the most fantasy points. That's the offensive player of the year. Who do you think? Let's let's look at the estimated the EPA per target. The estimated points added. We'll see. In terms <laughs> of fake. well, actually, Jalen Waddle is at the top of this list. Well, he's the offensive <laughs> the, player of the year in terms of EPA, and then it's Tyreek, and then it's Diggs, and then it's Jefferson, and then it's Kelsey. And then it's T. Higgins. I'll see for offensive player of the year then. And then it's T. Higgins, bro. Yeah, no. Honestly, give me. You Kelsey. will never guess the next name in terms of EPA added per, or just not even per target, just total EPA. The total next guy EPA? is crazy. Wait, who are the first? Who are the first few? The first all make perfect, like pretty much perfect sense. It's Waddle, Hill, Diggs, Jefferson, Kelsey, T. Higgins, and then there's Devonte Adams is up there. Terry McLaurin is up there, but is it a receipt? It's a receiver. It's a receiver in the AFC West. I will say that a receiver in the AFC West. What is it like Josh Palmer or something? Or, oh. or is it Juju? Nope. Juju's up there oh. though. He's, he's been pretty good this year. It's um, total. Well, Garsh, I don't know. It is Mac Hollins. Yo, no, I should have guessed that. He's been no, he's been a baller in fantasy for us. Like it is Mac Hollins. He is like twice, twice this year. He has like saved us. Except uh this week he couldn't save us because we benched Miles yeah, Sanders. Yeah, we benched Miles Sanders. <laughs> Which we we were right to start Rashad White, but we should have benched Damian Pierce. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Whoopsie. Blame the projected numbers, though. They they projected wrong. Don't blame us. Um, but yeah, that that was that was our bad. But yes, okay. uh, when Timmy lose some, people are shrugging off Josh Jacobs. Yep, don't care. Loser. <laughs> Bro's a Josh Jacobs hater. This is crazy. No, he's actually on my my fantasy team. He's very good. <laughs> Josh Jacobs is the guy I made that like fake fantasy guy video. I know that like, <laughs> like noise in the background and I was talking like this is league winner no one's talking about and I talked about Josh Jacobs in my my parody fantasy football <laughs> and you ended up better. being right I uh, ended up being completely completely right that's um, crazy they were all, I don't know why all the fantasy people were fading him like they cut Kenyon Drake and he was the only back because he had been he had been inefficient in he had been inefficient offense that was going to be good he was going to be in, he he uh, he had always been inefficient and the oh, raiders nice. didn't pick up his fifth year so they're like oh well they don't really want to give him the rock well they they want to give him the rock even more because they don't care if he they run him into the ground cuz he's not the problem yeah. next year but he been inefficient bad offensive line like i kind of get it um 
I know a lot of people got him like yeah, receiving late. upside. The guy had like 64 targets the year before they cut Kenyon Drake. I just didn't understand why everyone was so low on him. He had receiving upside. Yeah. He was a lead back and a good offense and like kind of a, a, a you know, a good player. So I don't know. Everyone, everyone hated, but um, yeah. Where did I get this jacket from? Abercrombie and Fitch. Yo, can we get an, can we please get an Abercrombie sponsorship? All of their clothes is man. What? We we're not like that, man. Bro, Abercrombie's goaded. I don't disagree. I I'm like, I just dropped like five hundred dollars at Abercrombie. Like had to throw dollar sign. Like, <laughs> what'd you say? Then had to throw up the dollar sign there. No, bro. Like their clothes are so nice. This jacket's from Abercrombie. All of my jeans are from Abercrombie. Um. I get. I have a few other button ups from Abercrombie. This T-shirt from Abercrombie says "Mary Mustang." Like, I love Abercrombie, man. You know, I got this hat for ninety-eight cents at Axeman Surplus. Yeah, but that's not uh, Abercrombie. Once we get that Abercrombie sponsored, once we get that Abercrombie sponsorship, you're only wearing Abercrombie. I'm not. I'm not wearing any of that. Any of that Abercrombie. (laughs) I'm wearing shit I got from Depop. They have Phoenix Suns uh, graphic hoodies in graphic they got sweatshirts. That, they got that on Depop for half the price, I fear. Actually, no, maybe twice the price, depending on who's selling it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, known cheap clothing resource. Yeah. Depop. Well, actually, what you should do is just look. At, if you find something you like on Depop, Google exactly what it is on eBay, and chances are there's some like old person selling their... like son's clothes that he left behind at college and you can get it for like 10 bucks cheaper on ebay because it's all like a bunch of parents um selling stuff and and depop is a bunch of people price gouging thrift store stuff imagine praising corporations i don't pray like i dick ride i dick ride abercrombie and i dick ride apple and that's basically it and that's only because i have like all apple products dude i hate all clothing brands because i hate the corporations (laughs) (laughs) i there's no closing brand that I particularly like, but I'm also not a big like. I don't blame you if you do. I yeah. like the my Mickey's hat though. So. It suits you. Thanks. I like my the the Gahana the, public the ga- <laughs> pool hat. city of it's Gahana. My favorite. I I will never get over how much money they spent on that logo, and it's it's just so bad. I'm- my, I'm getting my worth out of it right now. I've been getting my worth for years. I've had this hat forever. What did they? What was the marketing budget for that? Logo Considering again? how many views crazy. Matt has while wearing that hat and the amount of uh, exposure that they've gotten from that logo. Uh, no, no one knows. No one's like, oh my god, look at that. That, that must be the city of Gahanna, Ohio. <laughs> I always, miss, I always have to think extra hard if it's if it's pronounced Gahanna because I always think of it still as Ghana, like the country in Africa. Yeah. If you ask Ghana, like Ohio. any voice um, voice assistant, they always pronounce it Gahana. But. Yes. Are the Dolphins? Is it crazy to predict this Dolphins in the Super Bowl at this point? Well, we'll learn a lot next week. We got a really good slate of games next week, and maybe the best is the Shanahan Bowl of of West Coast versus Gulf Coast Kyle Shanahan offense in the 49ers and and. Theo, I think you just but, turned your mic way down. I like. Oh, I did. I absolutely did. 
after the Bradley Chubb trade, Bradley Chubb trade, I don't think it's crazy to say to predict them in the Super Bowl. They've been getting some pressure with four. Um, they don't have to send all their crazy blitzes, and their offense is a buzzsaw. If it continue to look like if it if it looks like that during the the Forty ers game, like yeah, they can win the Super Bowl. If they look more like like they did against like Pittsburgh or New England the first time, um, yeah, then then they might be a might not be. So we'll learn a lot, but I don't think it's crazy to say they're a Super Bowl contender right now. I mean, their offense is like totally great. So yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Uh, we're, at the, uh, we're at the NFL game or red zone has the witching hour. We're at the witching like month of the season. We are, we are We're getting eliminated from the playoffs and we have our first potential week of clinching the playoffs with For who? the Vikings and Eagles. They could clinch this week. Could they? The, the Vikings could clinch the division this week and the Eagles. God, could the North the stinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really damn. <laughs> well, I predict the Vikings will probably get that done. It was if like not this week the, if the Vikings win and the Lions lose, if the Vikings, yeah, if the Vikings win and the Lions lose or tie, then they clinch and they play the Jags. So the the Lions play the Jags. Vikings play the Jets. The other scenario would be if the Vikings tied in their Jets or the Lions lost. Okay. So they just basically need to win and the Lions lose is what I'm hearing. Yeah, basically. Pretty doable. Um, good game. A good slate of games this week, though. Very good slate of games this week. So... Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of these are like um, Jets Vikings. That's good. Um, even Lions Jaguars like that. That's not a bad game. I think those are two good bad teams at least. So definitely could be entertaining. So we'll we'll I've see. Been, I'm waiting. I'm excited to see how people react to. I've bumped the Washington Commanders pretty far up in my power rankings this week because I was like, all this I've been like, oh, they're. They're not actually that good. They're just feisty. But sometimes feisty can just be good. So I'm like, you know what? I'll give them their props for now. They're all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, there's there's seven and five. Like, I, like I got to give them one over some. the last seven games. I don't know. They've got a really good defense. Deron Payne, uh, much is made of contract year. Contract year. Um, Josh Jacobs, Deron Payne has been great as well. Um Obviously, John Allen, Montez Sweat, they're going to get Chase Young back, obviously. I think Jamin Davis, not a perfect player at this point, but is, is turned into like a salvageable linebacker, which is good because I liked him so much coming out of the draft. Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Jude. Like it's, and then they get three safeties on the field a lot. They, they spend a lot of time with um, Forrest, Curl, and ooh, who's their last guy? Is it Bobby McCain, I almost want to say? Um. He hasn't been playing. I feel that great compared to the other two. Forrest is so good. Shout out. Shout out Derek Forrest. Correct. Yeah, I think that he is, or maybe he's a corner. Google says he's a corner. But they play with three safeties on the field a lot, with Carroll in the box and two up high. And Forrest, and I can't remember the other guy's name. So they can match you with um, a bunch of defensive backs. They can be really fast. Um, they don't really have two good linebackers. They've got like Jamin, and then they've got like, Cole Holcomb, I think. So it's better for them to have three safeties out there than the two linebackers because 
so they can match you with a lot of speed and, and they've got the front to get it done. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, they're a really good defense. And then Heineke throwing prayers to McLaurin, to McLaurin is uh, good he's, enough he's on over offense. There, he's over there somewhere. He's over there somewhere. Lots of crossing routes in the game against um, – uh, there was a lot of play action and then crossing routes in behind it, which is always a good – it's always a good strategy, and you can always manufacture some offense doing that. So, yeah, yeah I think they're a good team. I don't think they're top 10 or a, or a – um, a, like a Super Bowl contender or anything, but like we said in a couple episodes ago, they're, they're not a team that that you know should be totally disrespected. There's definitely things things to like. Yeah, I watched a really great video. Um, Scott Turner used to be on the um, Panthers, right, Matt? And there was a there's a video of him out there, and he's just going through a game he called with Kyle Allen at quarterback. And he's just going into why he called everything and like just kind of going over this game and, and reviewing like why they called what they did and how they think they executed and what went wrong. And Scott Turner, I've always liked Scott Turner a lot because of this video that I've watched. Uh, it's like an hour long. It's like going through a game and um, or at least the offensive part of a game. And it does a really nice job kind of explaining like what coordinators are thinking about during a game and, you know, why they call what they call and, and what their goals are. If anyone out there ever has like an hour to kill and wants to watch a really good like video from a, I don't even know what you'd Google, but probably something just like Scott Turner game plan on YouTube. I'll type that in and see if it works. He's, Send it to I me. like him. I will probably get drunk next Thursday after I finish my finals and I'll need something to watch afterwards. Yeah. Go get drunk and watch <laughs> Scott Turner talking about Kyle Allen. That's no, go out to a bar if you're doing that, man. Go sing some karaoke. Well, you need to watch this. You need to watch the Kyle Allen game film with a clear head. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I should, we should probably wrap this up. I actually have to uh, get ready for Battle of the Bands. Uh, Will you win? Pro- I'm trying to get to defend my title. How many bands compete? There are eight bands okay. playing this this time. There were ten last time, but there's eight okay. this time. But two of the bands last time were like outside, like bands like that weren't like within the club. Oh, okay. so yeah. So we have eight okay. bands, um, a lot of new bands too. So it'll be it'll be interesting because a lot of people graduated and we have a lot of new people. So, but yeah, you know. All right. But thank you all so much for tuning in. It's been an absolute blast. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try and watch some soccer. Who knows if if someone lets me know that a game is happening, I'll see if I am watch the Netherlands game. In. When watch is it? Netherlands game. When is it? I actually am not sure about that. It's probably not for a couple days because the group stage. Seven a. Brother, I won't be awake. That is another soccer L. I just keep. <laughs> Okay, so ten maybe doable. Okay, I might be awake, but yeah, I also might so be bad. studying because I have exams. But, <laughs> but thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, oh, make sure to check off the uh, check out the battle. The battle of the bands live stream will be on my personal YouTube. I'm going to be live streaming the whole thing. The link is in the bio on my website, so just check that out if you want to watch. But. Until next time, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity-flop.